Hey, thanks for checking out today's episode. Before we jump in, if you'd like even more freelancing secrets completely free, be sure to head on over to learnwithjohn.com and jump on my freelance secrets newsletter because I regularly share secrets for getting more clients and building a thriving freelance business gleaned from my nearly two decades as a freelancer. So if you want to shortcut the time it takes you to go freelance full time and get the lifestyle you're after, you won't want to miss those secrets. You can get that newsletter by going to learnwithjohn.com. Again, that's learnwithjohn.com. Now, on to the episode. Men trust their ears less than their eyes. That actually comes from Herodotus. He's one of the great Greek historians of the past. But have truer words ever been spoken? And this is kind of where you're at right now. You've talked a good game. You've made an irresistible offer. You've negotiated and you've got a signed contract and a deposit, but so far it's all just kind of been words. Now it's time for action. It's time to deliver on your promises and to show them and let them see with their eyes. Also, you never get a second chance to make a first impression applies here. And yesterday I told you about the YouTube video that I had watched a while back where a lady described a terrible onboarding experience that she'd had. And keep in mind, that experience had happened years earlier. And in the end, everything worked out and she had a great experience. And the lady that she had hired had helped her tremendously. And she even credited with helping her get her business started. Despite all that, she still remembered the agony of the onboarding experience. And how likely do you think that she would be to recommend that coach to a friend or a colleague? Now, maybe she would because it turned out okay, but at the very least, there would be some sort of hesitation. She'd have some kind of reservations, and she'd probably warn them about the onboarding experience. And ultimately, it wouldn't be a 100% glowing testimonial. So that's how important onboarding is, that even if in the end it turns out okay, a bad onboarding experience right after they make that purchase, right after they sign a contract and give you a deposit, if you don't immediately follow that up with a great onboarding experience, it's going to tarnish everything that you do after that. And it's going to make everything that you do after that a lot harder because you're going to have an antsy client. And an antsy client is a client that's much more difficult to deal with. So what's my advice for dealing with onboarding or doing onboarding? What I I recommend is that you design kind of a set welcome package that goes out to every client immediately after they make their deposit. You want to do it right away to reinforce their decision quell any kind of anxiety and get the important information that you'll you'll need for the project and kind of give them something in return for the purchase, quote unquote, that they just made. Because people are used to, when they spend money, getting something in return for that. So you want to give them something that they get since they just paid you money. Now, in that welcome package, there's seven things at a minimum that I recommend that you include. So the first is a welcome email slash video, a strategy call, an intake form, a project roadmap, a roles and responsibilities sheet, a scheduling sheet, and then your upsell. So let's tackle each one of these in turn. So starting with the welcome video slash email, 
the moment that they pay their deposit, you want to respond with either some sort of welcome video or email that kind of lays out the next steps. And really, it's just going to kind of cover what's in the welcome package. You're going to say, hey, thanks for uh, signing up or thanks for, for hiring me. Here's a welcome package, um, etc. Here's everything that's in it. Here's what we're going to do at this point. You just don't want to leave them hanging. And it can be a simple pre-recorded video that you send to everybody. So you record it once and you just send it to everybody. But honestly... If they're paying you thousands of dollars for the service, why not take a few minutes and just record a video just for them? Thank them. Tell them you're sending them the welcome package with more info. You're excited to work on the project, you know, and you're, you're looking forward to, to, to getting started. It can be super informal. I've seen, I worked uh, with a tech company that did this and they would actually send out uh, these welcome videos to people who signed up for their, their service. And it was a fairly steep monthly fee. So it was worth it to them to send out these videos to help with their, their retention. But they were super informal. They, they were just recorded on the phone. There was nothing fancy about them. They were usually about 30 to 45 seconds. And that was it. It was nothing complicated. And they made a great first impression. Their clients loved them. Um, and it helped them to really grow their business. And it, it works so well because really nobody does that. When have you ever had that happen to you? When have you ever bought something or made a purchase or enrolled in a service or hired somebody and you within, you know, 20, 30 minutes get a video that you can tell they say your name. You can tell it's from them specifically for you. Nobody does that. Now, of course, the best is if you do this with an email and in that email, you include a link to the video, um, and then you have the welcome package included. So it's kind of all in one little email, one little batch that they can get access to everything. That's really kind of the best way to do it. So that's the welcome video slash email. Next is a strategy call. So in that welcome email, you want to then have them schedule a strategy call with you. And the point of the call really is to just go over the welcome package. So you want to give them the welcome package, give them a day or two to kind of look through it, and then you want to get on a call and go through that through them, go through it with them specifically. Answer any questions, address address any objections, and just make sure that you're on the same page before you get started and deal with any issues or potential, you know, objections or things that they may have in relation to the welcome pa package. It's also good to cover the project roadmap and the tentative timeline point out any information you're going to need from them, cover any sticking points from the ground rules because that can happen, and just sort of make sure everything is addressed in that strategy call so that there's nothing hanging. You don't want to leave anything hanging, and now you can just move on and start working on the project. So that's the point of the strategy call. It just kind of gets everybody on the same page after they've had a chance to go through your welcome package. All right, third is... An intake form. So the intake form is just kind of forgetting all the information you need to get started on the project. It's really more logistical. So you want to include a questionnaire that asks for things like if they have a brand kit that they want you to use or a certain logo or color schemes or they have content they need to upload or graphics or if you want to ask for website examples. This is all really highly specific to the kind of service that you offer, but it's just all of the relevant stuff that you need to work 
on that pro- on your uh, on their project, whatever that is for you. You know, at, whether if you're doing ads, it might be they need you need imagery or content from them. If it's graphic design, you might need their color scheme. If it's a website, you might need example websites that they like, or you might need their brand kit. Again, it's all very specific to what you do, but you just want to make sure you get all that stuff. You also want to ask for account access. So, for example, if you do Facebook advertising, just make sure to ask for access to their Facebook ads account. Or if you need WordPress access or FTP access, again, whatever it is for you, get it all right here. Don't wait to ask for it later. It just alleviates a ton of back and forth. And it ensures that you can do what you need to do and get started without getting delayed asking for it later on and they don't get back to you right away. And now you're stuck waiting and then the timeline gets messed up and all of that Ask for all of that stuff up front so you get it. They've just paid you. They're they're in the mode of wanting to get started on the project. So now's the best time to ask for all that stuff. If you ask for it later, they might be onto something else or busy or on vacation or whatever. So just get it all right then and there. Next, the fourth thing is the project roadmap. And to me, this is maybe the most important part. And you want to tell clients what's going to be done and when it's going to be done. This eliminates kind of the constant questions or them asking for updates and them harassing you at nine o'clock on a Sunday night or whatever the case may be. This eliminates all of that because you have a project roadmap for them to look at. And if they do do that stuff or they ask you those questions, you can just refer back constantly to the roadmap and eventually they're going to get it. They're going to get that, oh, we're just following the roadmap. And in the roadmap, you want to make sure and address three things at a minimum. So the scope. So you want to kind of go back over the scope of the project, the timeline, and then the payment milestones. So here's what we're doing and what we're not doing, which is the scope. Here's the timeline when things will get done tentatively and when I'll need input from you, which is the timeline. And then here's when you're expected to make future payments, which are the payment milestones. And again, you just want to cover that stuff so they they know know what's coming um, so that you eliminate the fear of the unknown. That's the big thing they're dealing with right now is they don't have, they don't know what's going to happen. You do. And that's why you're not worried about it. They don't know. So you tell them what's going to happen and that eliminates that fear of the unknown. It also sets expectations around scope, around feedback and input from them, and also around payments. So they know when those payments are coming. You've told them now a few times with the con, with the negotiation, the contract, probably on your sales page. Now you've reiterated it. Uh, in your welcome package, etc. So uh, you've, you've, you've really primed them for knowing when they need to make those payments. Doing this is going to solve 90% of the issues that can crop up from misunderstandings or miscommunications, especially when they read it in the welcome package, and then you're going to cover it again in the strategy call. So by doing those two things, you're basically covering it twice and making sure that everything's understood. So this is going to eliminate 90% of the issues that can can crop up. So really important part of this. Next up is roles and responsibility. And in some ways, this is essentially the scope repackaged. But I recommend creating a document that outlines four things. So freelancer promises, client expectations, communication guide, and scope management. So for freelancer promises, it's sort of what you will and won't do and what they can expect from you. Okay. So that's the freelancer promises, but you also want to sort of outline what you expect from them. So that's the client expectation. So 
what you promise and expect and how you communicate, how you'll handle conflicts over scope, which hint, refer back to um, your contract. And for example, this can be things like that you expect them to respond promptly when you ask for input. And you, you might outline, hey, if you don't respond right away, then that delays the project because I need your input at these key points, which you just covered in the timeline. So you're kind of telling them that you expect them to give you the feedback and the input at those points when uh, promptly when you need it so that the timeline doesn't get messed up. And then if they don't, that's and the timeline gets messed up, that's really kind of on them. And then, of course, with the client promises, you're saying that you're going to do the same thing. You're going to respond to them in a timely manner and so forth. It can be things like that you'll be respectful in all your communication and you expect the same from them. And really kind of whatever else you think needs to go in here. And this can become kind of a hit list that you can add to as you work with clients and you encounter different issues. You can add something in here and address it and then sort of nip all that stuff in the bud. So it, again, this helps to just alleviate a lot of those issues and kind of sets the expectations of how you're going to work with one another. It also kind of sets the tone that the project is really collaborative, that they play a role in the su success of the project as well. And it's not just 100% on you. It's not like they just dumped this on you. Now it's 100% on you. This is a collaborative process and they have to do their part in the project as well. And you will live up to your part uh, of making the uh, project a success as well. So that's the idea behind this. Uh, and again, just helps to kind of nip any issues in the bud. All right. Six is scheduling. So here you just simply want to point out any meetings or calls that need scheduled throughout the project and then just ask them to provide dates and times related to that that work for them. So for example, if you're going to do a weekly update call, let's say, while you're working on their project, well, figure out right up front what day each week you're going to do it, what time each week you're going to do it. Are you going to do it on Zoom? Are you going to do a phone call, etc. All the details of those meetings, get those scheduled out in advance. And so gather all that information up front and just once they give it to you, get it scheduled in your calendar so you don't forget and you're not trying to manage it on the fly and all of that. And ultimately, all of this, this whole entire welcome package, but especially this part is aimed at eliminating any of the needless distractions so that you can just focus on delivering on their project. Because if you're asking for account access and trying to schedule meetings and deal with questions about timeline or when payments are due, it's sort of like a cell phone that just keeps buzzing with notifications every five seconds and you can't ignore it. And you just can't get anything done because you're constantly dealing with all of these logistical issues. Tackle all of those logistical issues in the welcome package so that your plate is clean. It's done up front. It's all handled. It's scheduled. It's in your calendar or however you're doing it. And then you can just execute. And so now you have the space to be able to do that because you've handled the things that you need to handle with the client so they're in a good space and you can just work on their project. So I'm telling you... <laughs> You do this and it's going to make your life a thousand times easier as a freelancer. So highly, highly recommend this. A final thing then is upsells. Um, and you just want to give them a subtle in, uh, intro to your upsell services. Now you might be thinking, wait a second, upsell services, what, what's that? We haven't really talked about this. And so we want to go back to our original offer, our conversation about the, the offer um, that we had earlier. And you'll remember that we talked about offer stacking and your value adds. Well, there are actually three tiers of value for any kind of 
desired end result. There's information, there's a to, there's tools, and then there's a service. And so information is where you tell them how to do something. A tool is something that does it for them. Typically, this would be uh, a piece of software or machi- maybe machinery, <laughs> depending on what uh, you do. And then a service is, of course, where you just do it for them. So you could, um, you know, you could use the example of, let's say, walking dogs. So a book on how to walk your dogs would be information. That's a certain amount of valuable, but they still got to walk the dog. So they, they still have to input a decent amount of time and effort. Um, as far as a tool, you know, it could be uh, a leash that helps you walk the dog better, or it could be a robot that walks the dog for you or something like that. And then of course, a service would be hiring someone to uh, walk the dog for that person. So that's the examples of, of how that might look. Generally speaking, information is going to be the least valuable because it re- still requires a lot of time and effort on their part. So it's it's useful, but it's still the least valuable. Then tools, and then the most valuable is a service. And so again, generally speaking, you want your value adds to be information or tools. So you want it to be those lower uh, two tiers of value, and then you want your upsells to be a service. So let's go back to our SEO example that we used earlier when we were talking about uh, your offer. If you're developing, uh, if you're a developer building websites, I mentioned that you could offer an SEO course as a value add for your develop web development service, or maybe there's a piece of software that's out there that you could give them, or you have that you've made that you could use, etc. But you could also offer a flow, full-blown SEO service as an upsell. So the course is a value add for your core service, but then you also have a full-blown SEO service as an upsell. And so what this gives you is a way to increase the average order value of your service, and it's also a great way to handle scope creep. So you have these add-on services that people can buy, and that allows you to make more money per client, which is something that you want to do. But also, it also it lets you deal with scope creep. So if a client asks you in this example about getting their site to rank number one in Google, hey, I want my site to be number one on Google, which sounds silly, but it happens to me all the time, uh, people that tell me that, you can say, hey, no problem. Uh, if the SEO course is enough, I have a service for that, and it costs X, Y, Z. And so now they've tried just tried to, to push... They've tried to push the scope, right? They've tried to engage in scope creep and you've sort of countered that with, hey, I have a service and I can absolutely do that for you. It costs this much. And so then they can make a decision about whether they want to pay for it and there's no trying to get you to do it for free, et cetera. And I know consultants that work with big companies like Google, Amazon, and Nike at a really high level, kind of high intensity, high pressure sort of consulting and, and services of this nature. And this is what they do. They, they call them change orders, but they're essentially upsells. And so this is how they handle that. Anyway, you just want to put together a PDF that lists any of these additional relevant services that you offer and a little description of each, what the price is, uh, et cetera, and just include that in your welcome package. You're not really expecting them to immediately hire you for all of these services. It's just a way of introducing the concepts early on so that when you go through the project, they know these are there and they can bring them up to you. Or 
If you mention them, they've already seen them and know what you're talking about. And so later you can be a little bit more direct with it. Or if you think it's relevant at a certain point, you're like, hey, (laughs) you really need the SEO services having worked with you. Like I really strongly recommend it. Again, you can refer back to that sheet and they know what you're talking about. So that's the idea behind the upsell sheet. Again, recommend just slipping that into your welcome package. So they see it, they're familiar with it. And later on, then you'll come back to it. And so that's it. You know, that's the the seven things that I recommend that you put into your welcome package that are going to make your life a lot easier and also help you to maximize what you earn uh, from your clients. Of course, this isn't necessarily an exhaustive list, but I it's a really good start. In fact, it's more than what 99 of 99% of freelancers will do and I promise it will set the stage for a remarkable experience that will create word of mouth if you do this and you do it the way that I've outlined here. As long as you deliver on the project, which I'm assuming that you're good at that part and that's not going to be an issue, as long as you do that, this first impression will go a long way towards getting you testimonials, referrals, repeat business, and all the things that are going to help you grow your business quickly and a lot more easily and not be like having to rely on being just a tremendous marketer or copywriter or content creator and, and being able to just get new clients in all the time. You're going to be getting clients from referrals and repeat clients and you're going to have tons of testimonials and all of that stuff that's going to help you to be able to do all that stuff a lot easier. So this is going to go a long way towards helping create that. Now, speaking of delivery, that's what we're going to dig into in tomorrow's episode. Obviously, you know, I can't tell you the specifics of how to deliver your individual service because I don't know what you do and I probably don't know how to do what you do, etc. But I can show you some universal tricks that will lead to those same things. Word of mouth, testimonials, positive reviews, referrals, repeat business, all of that stuff. So, be sure to look for that podcast episode when it comes out. And as I mentioned, if you want to fast forward all of this training, and and go through it all right away. I've got a whole four hour course that goes through it where you can get uh, all you can fast forward the process plus get even more tips, tricks, and all the little secrets that I've picked up over the years. That course, again, as I've said, is the beginner's guide to freelance course. It's over on Skillshare. You can get it essentially free with the one month free trial that you get with my referral link. That's an extended trial. Their normal trial is seven days. If you use my referral link, you get a full month. It's plenty of time to get through the course, to implement the ideas, to take all the notes that you need to take and so forth, um, and be able to fast forward this process and get all of that extra detail that you get from a full four-hour course. So again, it's one of those no-brainer offers because you're getting it essentially free when you use my referral link. Anyway, that referral link is myjohn.us slash bgtf. Again, myjohn.us slash bgtf. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I recommend you do that so you get all the episodes as they come out and you're not missing anything. And then if you got value from this episode, I'd appreciate it if you know anybody you think would benefit if you would share it with them. Uh, A, it'll be (laughs) valuable for them, hopefully, if you got value from it. I assume they will too. Um, And then also helps me to grow my audience and reach more freelancers and help them build their businesses and so forth. So I would appreciate that. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.